This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. The College of Style community just launched and you're invited to join for free. Yes, for free. So what exactly is the College of Style community? Well, it's a place for like-minded entrepreneurs just like you to connect. And it's a private community that shows you how to build and monetize an unforgettable online business so that you can work from wherever you want and live to make your impact. We focus on personal branding, visual design, and digital marketing for business. So how do you join? Well, it's pretty easy. Just visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and join today. Inside of the community, you'll be able to access premium courses and groups, exclusive member-only merchandise, course discounts, daily business tips, monthly giveaways, and so much more. I can't wait to see you inside of the community now. So visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and snag your free Canva templates right there in our handy dandy resource library. Join the College of Style community today. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Coltimedici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 62 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. My name is Dr. Sandra Colton Medici. Welcome to all of our brand new listeners to the podcast. It is 2022 and I'm so excited that you are here. And thank you so much for sticking with me for all of our listeners who have been here since the very beginning last, what, November of 2020. So this episode is all about creating captivating captions for social media. So stay tuned for this, but let me just do a random checkpoint because we are halfway through January. And that means for anyone who has any holiday sales offers, oh my goodness, check my timeline on Twitter because I did an entire workshop on creating, promoting, converting, and repeating holiday sales offers for 2022. And the next one coming up is for Valentine's Day. So make sure to check my Twitter at Sandra Colton and stay tuned for the rest of the episode. If you're looking to refresh your website, look no further than Squarespace. My personal website is currently on Squarespace. If you visit sandracoltimedici.com, you'll see it there, and I absolutely love it. Squarespace empowers millions of people, from individuals and local artists to entrepreneurs, shaping the world's most iconic businesses to share their stories and create an impactful, stylish, and easy-to-manage online presence. And now, they offer Squarespace scheduling. So check out the link in my show notes to learn more.
Another tactic that you can use to make sure that when people show up to your live streams on your TikTok live is to utilize the green screen function. And when I say utilize it, I mean, make it work for you. Put text on your background so that people, or even an image so that people know what's actually happening in your live stream when they show up. You can have words talking about your call to action. You can have a link so that people know where to go. You can just tell people what the schedule of events is going to be as you're doing your live stream but give people information so that they know and they can make a choice if they want to stick around until the end because that's when you're going to be talking about xyz and how to accomplish it or they can just hang out and you know chat and vibe with you during your live stream so that they have the option, the choice, the information with them to actually decide. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. Hi everybody, this is Dr. Sandra Coltima DC and this episode is called Words That Bite. We are focusing on storytelling and that is why words that bite, bite is always in some sort of aspect of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast because the bite is all about digital marketing and little nuggets of nowness. And so when we are looking to create captions on social media that really captivate our audience, it really means that we want to create a story format so that people are easily going through all of our material. It's easily digestible and people, you know, stay with or I should say our content stays with people. And so when you're doing that, a lot of different social media uh, platforms give you different kind of character counts, right? So your stories can, <laughs> can be really short, like on Twitter, or you can have them in a thread on Twitter, which makes them even longer, or you could have LinkedIn stories. When you're thinking about creating captions, it's really about the story that you're telling and the format that you're telling it in. So I always like to start with, okay, well, how many characters characters do I really have? And then you have to look at how long are people really going to read this caption? So it is about attention span, but it also is about how well-crafted it is. You always need to start the process of grabbing your ideal customer's attention, your audience's attention with some sort of visual, because right now we are very visual. So you can't just start with that caption unless it's a, a text-based format, like something like Twitter, which you know you don't necessarily need to stop the scroll with a caption, um, but you could. Most social media platforms, you will have some sort of visual option. So you wanna start that process with some sort of visual. But today we're gonna be talking about those words. You want people to take action after reading or, or viewing what you are putting out there. So when you look at what you're writing on social media, you want to start with a story. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story that I actually had happened to me. So my Facebook account was hacked <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people have said that, but me, I'm like, this is the second time and the account is disabled. So I cannot get into my Facebook account. So I was a little bit like, okay, so what did I do that was wrong? Or what did somebody do to get into it? Because I have the two factor authentication. So I'm trying to be like proactive about securing accounts these days. 
days, but clearly that is not necessarily all that needs to be done. So on my information that I got from Facebook when I originally tried to log in and it said your account's been disabled because you've posted nudity. I thought, yeah, this has been hacked <laughs> because if you know me, I am not somebody who's posting nudity on Facebook or any social media platform. And then the next day, my bank account was hacked. Okay. So I now have two separate charges on my bank account from Facebook. So it is all very related. And I have been trying to get back into Facebook to at least report the fraud to them, but I have definitely reported the fraud to my bank. And so they have taken care of it on their end. But when it comes to telling a story, it has to be relatable right? It has to be something that people are going to say, hey, I've either been through that or wow, I can't believe that happened to you. So when you're thinking about your stories that you're telling in your captions, it has to be something that immediately draws people in, right? It immediately has some sort of like uh, instant resonating factor. And so the hook really makes a difference. So I sent out an email to all the people in my email list. I said with a lock emoji at the top, my Facebook has been hacked. I had a huge open rate for that particular email because people resonate with that topic because at some point in the last 10, 15 years, most people have had their accounts hacked either if they knew it or they didn't. Um, and then they've gotten some sort of notice in their email that says your information has been compromised, right? So the hook is very important. If you're writing a caption, I would say for LinkedIn, and I'm just going to kind of go through a few of the different social media platforms so that you can see the differences in how you would write for social media, because a lot of people know how to write, but they don't write for social media. So for LinkedIn, it is very important to have some sort of hook at the top and then go into your body of of text you know where you're actually explaining like if you said my Facebook account was hacked and then go into the story of how and why and whatever you know the details are and then you can actually help people you could say here are three things that I've learned and give people kind of a roadmap and then ask a question at the end which is kind of your call to action there and say has this ever happened to you leave a comment I want to know what happened and for LinkedIn it's always great always great to leave your caption with or your post with a question because it's really really important to have engagement on linkedin because that's how you start networking and collaborating is really in the comments and so if you are getting people to engage back with your post then that really helps you number one start knowing who you're talking to, but two, actually helping spread the reach, the organic reach of your post. On LinkedIn, it's really important to always have some sort of question at the end of what you um, put in your, into your post. It's also really great if you have a link to not put it in your post, but to put it in the comments. And I know that a lot of people are like, but who's gonna look at the comments to see my link, right? Um, but it's really helpful to put that into the comments so that the, I would say, the, the powers that be, the LinkedIn algorithm <laughs> doesn't turn off what you're trying to do, but actually helps you spread it throughout all of their system. I think it's really important to know that every single platform wants the audience to stay on their platform longer. 
it's just true. If you are somebody who's putting out content, you're a content creator, you're putting it out there on different social media platforms, they might be rewarding you because it's very, very important for people to stay on the platform. And the reason for that is because all of the platforms are making money off of advertising. And so if you are bringing people to the platform or keeping people on the platform for longer, then that platform can show more ads and make more revenue. It's important to know that, that back end story of it so that you're not disillusioned by what's really happening. You're making content for your audience, not for the algorithm, but you're also knowing in the background that the more content that you are bringing that's valued, right? That's valuable content. The more people are coming back to see your content. And if they're staying longer, then that platform's happy because they're, they're able to show more ads to those people, which means they're making more ad revenue. So when we look at another platform, like I mentioned Twitter, this is very text heavy. So when you're thinking about that, it's always about getting the keywords into your caption because you want those hashtags to be there. You want people to know right off the bat what you're talking about. Really important to be concise about your message. And what I like to tell people to do is when you're crafting captivating captions, start with the long form caption. So if you're starting with a longer form like Facebook or LinkedIn, then you can always shrink it down with the edit to be more suitable for other platforms. So when you're writing, you start out just kind of like that brain dump of all of what you're doing. And then you start making sure you've got your keywords into all of your writing. And then when you are changing up the format from long form to short form, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to mold it a little bit and edit it down to make sure that you are doing exactly what's going to grab the attention of your audience. Now, a lot of times on Twitter, like I said, you could do a tweet thread where if you have a lot to say, you can do multiple tweets in that same thread. You don't have to necessarily keep it to that one tweet, but it is really important that if you just start out with that top tweet and you do a tweet thread that it makes sense for what's happening in the tweet thread for that first one to have all of the goodness in it. Don't just ramble all over the place. Really be specific about what you're trying to get across. A lot of times people number their tweets if they're doing a tweet thread, one of 14, one of whatever, and that's if you already know what you're going to say and have already planned it out. Some people use Twitter very spontaneously and they don't know it's one of 14, but they'll just write one, right? And people will know, oh, okay, this is a part of a series. But it's very important to know off the bat that first tweet, if it's a tweet thread, has to be the really good detail that says this is part of a series. On Twitter, you can, you can do audio, which I think is really great to have an audio tweet. And that's different than having your, you know, your physical text be the thing that stands out. If your voice is your calling card, I would definitely recommend utilizing that because it's different. It stands out and not a lot of people use it on Twitter. And so I always recommend it because it has this sort of thumping kind of um, heartbeat looking aspect to it. So if you're not really into posting pictures or any sort of visual medium with your actual tweet, then you already have it because it does it, it animates it for you. So that kind of leaves a lot of the legwork out of uh, doing visual or audio um, 
extras to add to a tweet, you can just use the audio tweet. Now, they may change this <laughs> because Twitter actually just took away fleets not too long ago and they're focusing on something called communities now. So things are changing at all social media platforms for sure. But it's always good to know that if you can start with a longer form caption and then shorten it down for all of the other platforms, then you don't have to reinvent the wheel for every single caption that you're doing on social media. Moving on to another platform though, I love TikTok, but TikTok has such a short caption character amount that I feel like I'm constantly just writing a really short caption and putting a lot of hashtags in. So for me, that's the way that I do something for Twitter, for TikTok is because a lot of the call to action is right there inside of the visual. So if I'm saying something in TikTok or even IG Reels, I'm posting in there now and you'll see this happening too. You'll see people say, read the caption below or for more details, read the caption. And so that's pointing people to where you want them to go. And I know that a lot of times um, in what used to be IG Reels and TikTok, there was no see the caption. There was no follow. There was a lot of follow for more, <laughs> right? Now it's read the caption to learn something, be inspired, or be entertained a little bit further because those are the three buckets that a lot of social media, really all um, marketing activities are falling into is inspire, educate, or entertain. And so when you're looking at your TikTok captions, I'm kind of of the nature of get your message the shortest it can be and fill that with hashtags because you want it to have all the keywords, which are most likely in your hashtags, but you also think about majority of the message is gonna be in the visual. I also look at different things like Pinterest and Pinterest is really unique because you can have your hashtags inside of your caption, but if you're using um, a Pinterest idea pin, a lot of your text is going to be on screen with your idea visual. But if you do an idea pin, you can do a recipe, you can add notes. It doesn't help you in that it doesn't redirect to another outside URL, but it does give you an opportunity to give a lengthy description if you choose the notes option. And so that's where you could take something like a LinkedIn and shorten it down just a little bit and put it into the caption for Pinterest idea pins. And that's what they are really prioritizing these days. On all platforms, I think Instagram is focused on Reels. Facebook just came out with Reels and they're focused on building communities and groups. Twitter obviously is focused on Twitter spaces recently and just now communities. TikTok, I think they're more focused on getting people to become TikTok business accounts so that they can utilize that ad uh, revenue a little bit more. And LinkedIn, they actually took away their stories aspect um, and they're starting to focus on video as well. And so we'll see what they come up with as far as that's concerned. But there's so much that you can do in a caption. I also like to talk about the hashtag options of captions. Now, when you're looking at that, it's very important to make sure that you are utilizing as many as you are allowed. <laughs> and I know that that's really important because you're telling the algorithm exactly where you wanna be seen. And if you're not being seen in those places, then you are 
doing yourself a disservice. You want to be on the explore page. You want to be able to have people find you if you're putting your content out there. So it's very important that as you are building your communities and your, um, you know, targeting your audiences online, that you're also taking them offline. So it's really important for those captions to serve as a nurturing point for your business right? For your social media, you are nurturing those people inside of the caption and helping you take them off of those platforms, which are not yours, that you don't own and bringing them to a place, your website, your checkout cart, whatever it is that you have going for yourself, that is going to help you, your email list, I should say, um, nurture them even further and build those relationships. I think that it's hard for us to even fathom that maybe Facebook will be gone one day. But we said the same thing about MySpace and it kind of died off and then came back, but it's not the same, right? And so when you're doing all of these captions, you're nurturing your audience and trying to make sure that they're not just staying with you on social, that they're staying with you in your email list, on your website, that you can get in contact with them either on SMS, whatever it might be is your preferred method of marketing. And so when you pull these people to your site, then you have control of the data, right? You have control of when you're gonna contact them. They have control of if they're unsubscribing from your list. But if you're staying on social, then you're not able to have that kind of freedom. What I like to do is have my profiles on a multitude of platforms because you never know when one will go down. I don't know if you can raise your hand <laughs> and say, have you ever gone to Twitter when Instagram has gone down? to check, right? To see, is Instagram down? You're on Twitter checking. Okay, Instagram is down. Or have you ever gone to a different platform like LinkedIn or whatever to, to just check to see like, hey, did something happen? Was there an update today? Why is everything going crazy? And that's because you need to have these multiple platforms so that you're not in a jam one day when you're trying to communicate with your audience and your favorite social media platform is gone or went down. I think Periscope went down and a lot of people loved it. You know, past ones that have gone away, like Vine is, I guess TikTok is the new Vine, right? But there are a lot of different ones that will come and go. And when you look at your captions, it's that point that you have in your funnel, in your marketing funnel, that you can say, okay, well, this is how I'm going to put forth my message. This is how I'm going to bring people into the fold to say, okay, you would love this because you might offer a freebie in your caption, say Lincoln bio. A lot of people use the Lincoln bio to redirect people into whatever their links are on one specific page. That's another way to make sure that your call to action is kind of varied because people might be looking for a lot of different things. Like let's say your call to action is link in bio, um, make sure you check it out and you're talking about a freebie in one of your specific posts. If they go to the link in bio, they might find another part of your uh, business that they want to check out. So you might hook somebody with something else that you hadn't planned on. So that's another aspect of putting together a caption. It starts out with a great hook, really it starts out with that visual, but in the captions it's really about the text starting out with a great hook, making sure that you have some sort of body text. If you're teaching, you can teach somebody in some sort of bulleted system, and then you have a call to action in addition to your hashtags. Now, when you're doing that, a lot of people like to utilize emojis. 
Now, I love talking about emojis because a lot of people don't actually do what I call is an emoji audit. And when you're doing that for your business, I like to give it a, a good three months of you being in business before you ever do an emoji audit. And that's because you're kind of doing your thing. You're talking, you're texting, you're doing whatever it is that you do for your business and your, your brand voice is coming through. Now, as you do that, after three months or so, you can go back and look at all of the different text messages, right? And all of the different um, posts that you have put out and you can find a pattern of all of the specific emojis that you've used inside of your post. So when you're doing captions, a lot of people like to emphasize their bullet points, not just with a bullet point, but with an emoji that star or a heart or, you know, whatever really emphasizes that specific point. Some people hate emojis <laughs> and they don't like to use them in business, which is totally fine. But if you do like to emphasize your captions with some sort of emoji, it's really important to stay consistent. And that's what I mean by doing that emoji audit a little bit after you've had some time to really sink into your and settle into your brand voice. So when you're settling in, it, it really is obvious. I use the heart emoji a lot. I use the star emoji a lot. I use the, you know, there's like a, a rocket emoji that has been going around since there's a lot of NASA and SpaceX stuff happening. When you're doing those kinds of analysis of what you're putting out there, it's really good but then you have to think about the branding aspect, okay? So for me, if I love to use the heart emoji, am I using the red heart or am I using the pink heart? For me, it's the pink heart because for me, my branding colors are black, white, and pink and a little shade of gray. So for me, that makes sense. I'm picking the pink heart every time. But if I hadn't really kind of settled into that as far as as the brand voice and the writing style, I wouldn't really have that to go on. I would just be like, hey, I'm just throwing up any emoji. But it's really good to go through. There's tons to pick from. You can actually create your own emoji keyboard. But when you do, it's really great to make sure that you have emojis in your wheelhouse, in your, you know, your brand identity when you're breaking down um, your brand voice and what's um, acceptable as far as your editorial to make sure that you're using ones that show up on everyone's screen. And that's really important when you're putting your captions together is if you're using an emoji that's really random that you've come up with that is not really in the system across the board with you know Android and iPhone, then it might not show up the same way on someone else's screen and that's a problem because you want to be consistent about what message you're putting forward. And so doing that sort of brand emoji audit is really important to keep it consistent, but also to make sure that you're highlighting inside of your captions, whatever is a really important point. I think that there is a limit <laughs> that we should put on that to the amount of emojis that you should be using. I think it could kind of look like um, it's just littered with emojis instead of making a point. It could just look like, you know, somebody just splatted some, some emojis all over the place instead of it being intentional. But there are a lot of people who would say like in a, in a subject line for an email that you would only use one or at the most two without it being a little bit too character you know, cartoonish, but in your posts and your captions, it depends on what your writing style is and how you're trying to get your, your message across. For me, I don't think more than seven <laughs> are even necessary because you want it to focus on your message and not this other aspect of being fun and cute and whimsical, right? Unless that's 
unless that's your brand, you know, I would, I would try to limit the amount of emojis in your captions so that you're not taking away from how important your message is. There's a, another aspect of doing captions that recently came up and that was Instagram. Basically, I think the head of Instagram came out with put your hashtags in your caption. Don't put them into the comments because that's going to tell our algorithm what you're focused on the most. So if you have been putting them in the comments all this time, now you know you need to put them inside of your caption. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't use keywords inside of your caption in addition to your hashtags, but it's really important to make sure that those are in the caption. When we think about captions and um, being intentional with them, it really comes down to what I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, which is storytelling. And if you can tell a story that weaves in all of the goodness of what you're trying to project from your business branding standpoint to your messaging as far as what your your services or product is delivering to how people can contact you and work with you that is golden because that is the ultimate formula is making sure that people don't feel like you're always selling to them that you're always buy this now that's not what people want people want to feel like you're solving their problem and instead of selling them on something you are transforming their world um, you are providing a transformation that is found no other no other place because no one else is like you. So I definitely think that there is a formula to putting together captions that do captivate your audience. And when you do them right, you will know. You will know because you'll see the difference in how people are engaging with your content. You will see more people responding with not just a heart or not just a like, but actually responding in the comments and engaging back with you. The other thing is you will make sure to do what works over and over again. And that comes down to the analysis. If you see something that's working, do that. A lot of times people think, oh, I can't just do that because you know people will then expect it. And it's like, yeah, people expect good content right out of you instead of just boring content. You wanna stand out because you don't have to post three times a day on something like Instagram to stand out. If you have one post a week that's golden, people will stick with you. People will come back to see that post and engage with it. Look at, you know, there's a lot of different brands out there that don't post every day. Or even if you look at like really big celebrities, right? People love their favorite celebrity and maybe they're not posting every day, but the one time they do, <laughs> right? Like I just saw some, I just saw a post by Reese Witherspoon. She did a, an IG reel that I was like, what? It had like a million views or something. She doesn't post every day, but I love her content. So don't try to overdo what you think is, you know, going to get you into the algorithm, but do what you do and do it the best that you can do it. That's my advice for you today. In addition to making sure that you have captions that really do the job and do it well, because people are used to really bad content out there. They're just, you know, they're just used to it. So when they come across a piece of content, that's really good. They're like, blown away. Let me, let me see more from this person or this business or this brand. Do the best that you do so that you can constantly have people coming back for that great content. Have a really great day and I'll talk to you soon. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.